Welcome to the Morning Upgrade Podcast with Ryan Cote, where we feature casual conversations with entrepreneurs about personal development and growth. Hey, Jeff, welcome to the Morning Upgrade Podcast. How's it going? Good. Thanks for having me on, Ryan. Yeah, I'm excited to talk to you. Let's kick this off by telling my my audience of Morning Upgraders who you are, what you do for a living, and then something that you are grateful for at the present moment. Well, uh, I do a number of things because ultimately I'm seduced by ideas and things that I, that really engage me. I have a film production company. I do commercials. I do branded content and tell brand stories. Done that for clients such as Ralph Lauren, Victoria's Secret, Harvard School for Public Health, American Academy of Dramatic Arts, a number of different very eclectic mix of people. I'm a teacher. I'm an adjunct professor at Parsons School of Design. Teach a course called Creative Careers, Making a Living with Your Ideas. And uh, wrote a book that was published by Hachette and was an Amazon bestseller of the same name. And uh, I'm a playwright. I have a play that is opening in June in Chicago called Personality, the Lloyd Price musical about rock and roll Hall of Fame icon Lloyd Price. So I do a number of, of different things. And what I'm grateful for is I'm grateful for being in good health, that my family is in good health. I'm grateful for the relationships that I have with people that I've grew up with, literally. And I feel that relationships and good health are the most important things in life. Yeah. It's funny you say that because I'm actually listening to a podcast right now by Ed Milet, his most recent one about this long standing study on happiness. And it boils down to like the big answer is not the success and the money and all that. It boils down to how deep, how deep of relationships you have in your life. Not necessarily how many friends, but how deep those friendships are. Right. So it's funny you said that. I told you I might ask you some questions outside of my normal one. And here we go. I'm going to start off with that's not what I would normally ask because listen to you talk about all the things that you do. And I'm I'm in the marketing world. I don't do exactly what you do, but I, I have some understanding of the pressure and deadlines and just expectations that you have to meet. And you were talking about this is across multiple businesses. How do you handle that pressure? It's interesting because pressure to me in terms of work, you know, I'm under pressure to raise money for my play, right? How do I deal with that? I try to establish as many touch points possible so that I can accomplish that task and relieve the pressure. But honestly, the real pressure in life comes to me if someone I deeply care about is struggling, especially health-wise. That's the important thing. You know, money comes and goes. Time only goes. And so for me, I try to put things in context. And how big of a deal is this really? Well, a friend dealing with a difficult life issue, and I'm very present in that now because I have a couple of friends that are dealing with that, that, that really gets my attention. There's nothing I can do other than offer emotional support. And sometimes I can offer contact support to get them into a particular doctor or something like that. But the day-to-day pressures in business, in comparison for me and the way that I look at life, are relatively small. If I'm dealing with pressures in business and so on, those are 
those are problems that can be dealt with. And uh, and so I, I look at life as a, as a real horizon, if you will, and what context the problems are in, how solvable are those problems? Because there are certain things, you know, when COVID shut us down, nothing I could do about it, right? right. So what am I going to do, drive myself nuts? No, I'm going to do what I can that brings me pleasure and allows me to be productive. So a lot of it's just really thinking of things from a 360 point of view to figure out what's the best way to make the next steps. But I'm not plagued by day-to-day pressure of of business and all of that sort of thing. Because I guess at this point, I've been in business so long, that's just, you know, it's just a part of it. Yeah. And that's, yeah, you have a lot of perspective from all you've gone through. And, And you're right though, like just zooming out and like, you know, you're dealing with a problem in the grand scheme of things and the grand scheme of the universe and like it's like a tiny 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 blip on the radar of life and so just pushing through it and and i like how you mentioned pouring into others too because i'm sure that that gives your life a lot of fulfillment correct that's right oh absolutely and for me you know fulfillment is a huge part of what i'm willing to devote my time to is this something that is fulfilling is this something i like doing and i'm fortunately you know at this point in my life, I'm in the financial position to be really discretionary in terms of what I'll devote my time to. And that's, you know, after decades of hard work and doing that. So fulfillment, I think, is the real fuel for me uh, and curiosity and what we've already talked about. And I think it's huge in business and huge in personal development, as you mentioned, is not just the number or necessarily the number of relationships you have, but how deep and how meaningful are those? And among those relationships, are there those people that if the shit's hitting the fan at three in the morning, can you call that friend and talk? Yes. That, that is funny. Again, funny you said that because that's one of the questions I said in the study. They asked these participants. It's like a study that went through like 80 over like, it's still going, but 85 years or something like that. And the main question is, if you're something's happening, like you need someone at three o'clock in the morning, how many people can you call at that time that will help you? And that's how they define like a deep friendship. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, that's how I do too. So what's, what's in the topic for fulfillment for, uh, with fulfillment one more, uh, for one more second or one more minute? Is there anything else you do? I mean, you live in New York City, you live in a great area. So there's probably lots of things that you can fill your cup up with there. But is there anything else you do to feed your, your happiness, your fulfillment, whatever word you want to use? Yeah. Spending time with friends, spending time with my kids and my wife, doing things with other people, but also every day I try to get in about seven miles of walking. And I do that walking. I take pictures and post them every day to keep my visual chops going for the other work that I do. And I enjoy doing that. So, you know, I'm always looking, always framing pictures. And that brings me joy too. I love doing that. And just finding what I'll call New York City moments as I walk around and taking pictures. And that feeds me. Uh, Monday night, I went with a bunch of friends. We went and heard my favorite band. And it was just joyous. I love music, in particular, live music in more intimate venues. And so that was really great. So hanging out with friends, listening to music, having a bite to eat, that kind of thing is really fun to me. 
So all those things that are fun like that also bring a kind of fulfillment because you're enjoying with other people. It all seems to center around, besides the relationships part, it all seems to center around like the creative arts, which makes sense given your, given your, your background. I want to pull some tips from you on that front. And then I want to talk about your morning routine. I know you don't necessarily have one, but I want to talk about routines and maybe there's some things we can pull, pull out from your morning. Let's stay on the topic of creativity for a second. For the entrepreneurs listening, and really, really for anyone listening, because I think it's important for everyone, are there any tips you have or exercises that you personally follow or recommend to get you know the quote unquote creative juices flowing? Yeah, there are. And I want to dispel a myth, Ryan, from the get-go on this. A lot of people believe they're either left or right brain, right? Right brain being you know, creative, spatial, left brain being more verbal and logical. That's not, a first of all, a true metric. That came from studies that were done by neuropsychologist Roger Sperry back in the 60s. He won the Nobel Prize in 1981 for split brain theory. But it never had anything to do with creativity or personality traits. It's where certain functions were located in the brain. That was even before the field of neuroplasticity came to some maturity. And brain imaging wasn't very sophisticated during the 60s and late 50s when he was doing these studies. So a lot of people say, oh, I'm I'm right-brained, but I'm not left-brained, or I'm left-brained, I'm not creative. And that is all myth. And a lot of people limit themselves by buying into that idea that either they're so creative, but they're not into business, or they're so into business, but they're not creative. And I'm a big believer in not limiting yourself, especially when what you're, the narrative you're creating for yourself about that isn't even true in terms of cognitive neuroscience. So creativity, I believe the way you foster it is exposing yourself to as many things possible read books, go to conferences, talk to new people, talk to people you don't agree with, but just listen. Listening is really important. Don't always worry about trying to win your point. Listen to the other person because that also fosters collaborative thinking. And collaborative thinking, for instance, in my life in theater and filmmaking is absolutely essential. And so the more dots that you put into your brain by going to museums, going to shows, taking a walk, but paying attention to your surroundings, doing all of these different things that are constantly feeding stimulus to your brain creates more of these dots, if you will, that you can connect in new and unique ways to express your creativity. Hmm. I love that because it's super actionable. It's something you can, something anyone can do. You know, exposing yourself to new things, trying new things. It sounds fun too, honestly. It is. It is. You know, uh, it's funny because I have always avoided routine. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, routine to me was, you know, there's certain things, of course, you have to do. You know, we talked a little before you started recording about going uh, a, a morning routine. And yeah, I mean, I have one when I get up and go to the bathroom and brush my teeth and I make a protein drink for breakfast and that sort of thing. That's that's as close to as a routine that I get. I get in exercise every day at some point. You know, I get in some vigorous exercise, and that's really important to me. But I don't have set routines because I like always being, I don't even know how to say it really, but in a way, a little bit off balance so that I have to be vigilant and paying attention. 
And so I like the spontaneity of getting that curveball that I've got to deal with, having to answer a question that I didn't know was coming, or engage in an activity that I hadn't planned for. And that just opens up, I think, so much more if you can also allow yourself within whatever routines you set up to also be spontaneous and flexible. I understand what you're saying because I, even though I'm obviously this is the morning upgrade podcast and I've had a morning routine for forever, but to be honest, I need some diversity as well. So even though I have a set morning routine or even though I have a morning routine, that it changes quite frequently. Like my morning routine now is different than it was like three months ago. And so I just, I want the morning routine, but I need the diversity because I, yeah, I find myself, it, it gets boring if it's like the same thing every time. And so yeah, I understand what you're saying. Diversity is, is, is important. Well, my, maybe my routine is, is not having a routine <laughs> you know, and, <laughs> yeah. and, and mixing it up. And if you're changing your routine often, then it's not really a routine, is it? <laughs> that's a little brain twister there <laughs> jeff i've got one last question for you i have a feeling based on this the 15 minutes we've been talking i have a feeling i know what you're going to say but i just want to i still want to hear your answer and maybe i want to hear how you package it and it's it's the topic of meaning of life because you know it's i know it changes it can change for someone and it's a personal experience but through your personal lens and all the experiences you've had thus far in your opinion, what is the meaning of life? Well, that's certainly the age-old question, Ryan, uh, and one that I think one answers differently at different stages of life, too. I think the consistent meaning of life to me has been enrichment one gains to the depth of the relationships that they have and maintain. And how do you personally reaching out to people? Like, do you have any structure around strengthening those relationships? Because you know, you have kids, it's work and multiple businesses. It gets busy and and it gets harder to strengthen those relationships. What do you do well in that area to keep it going? Well, first of all, it's not to say they don't screw up at times. You could, if you interviewed my wife, you would find that I certainly screw things up too. But I'll tell you, I'll give you an example. This is kind of fun. When lockdown started with COVID, I grew up in Akron, Ohio, and there were two streets, and those two streets are where there was probably 18 of us kids around the same age, and you could always, it was like the little rascals, and you could go out and play. At any time, you could go out and play and do stuff. Well, most of those people had not talked to each other for close to 50 years, and I decided, I put together a Zoom call. And I was able to get 15 people from the neighborhood where we grew up all together on a Zoom call. Went on for four hours. It was a total blast. It was so much fun. And I sent everybody copies of it. So that was an example of reaching out because I don't mind reaching out. Some people just don't do that. You know, and when you see them, oh, we got to get together, we got to get together. And then it just evaporates and nobody gets together. I always follow up. And I always do those things because I gain pleasure from that contact in what we're doing and realize that what's most important to me isn't the protocol of, well, who followed up? Well, they didn't call me back. It's getting it done. And so I think, again, with those relationships reaching out, there's also maintenance that's involved. So you stay in touch and you also listen. 
then listening is critically important to building relationships. Because if a person doesn't feel heard, and I don't care if it's in business or if it's with your kids or your partner or wife or whatever, that relationship's not going to grow. So I think building trust, listening, and also reaching out and being proactive are all really important. Great advice, Jeff. I really, I really enjoyed this conversation. If someone wants to reach out to you to connect with you or learn more, where should we send them? I'd say the best place is uh, look me up on LinkedIn because on LinkedIn, uh, I post some of the uh, great knowledge that is shared from my class from the number of terrific guests that I've had. You can also go to at a creative career on Instagram or a creativecareer.com or madoffproductions.com and see my, my video work or see the work that I do about creative careers. LinkedIn is the best place to start. Perfect. Thanks, Jeff. Great job. Thank you, Ryan. Enjoyed it. Thanks for listening to the Morning Upgrade podcast. Please subscribe and review. And don't forget to visit us at morningupgrade.com for more content.